Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Travis Larkham is a writer and proud resident of Tuggeranong. They have been writing funny, sad and inspiring stories since they were old enough to pick up a crayon. Their work has previously been published in SBS Voices, The Chaser and Perspective magazine. When I moved to Nam, aka Melbourne, in 2014, I had no idea about my family's connection to the suburb of Footscray. Up to that point, I'd lived my whole life in sunny, laid-back Queensland. Nothing could have been further from the cold winter drizzle and crumbling factory facades of Melbourne's west. I didn't even know where Footscray was at first. The geography of Melbourne's sprawling suburbs with their many tram tracks and 7-Elevens still eluded me. But I was new in town and I needed a place to stay. I'd found a cheap room advertised in a queer share housing group. The ad said, room for rent at a trans-friendly share house in Footscrazy. You'll be sharing with Xander, a trans man, and an assortment of animals. Queer-friendly, kink-friendly, and close to public transport. (laughs) At this time, I'd only recently come out as trans. My parents and some of my oldest friends were struggling to digest the changes that were taking place. At the same time, I was relearning the most basic aspects of life in my new gender. Like a toddler, everything felt new and exciting, but at other times it was baffling and occasionally frightening. To top it all off, I was made redundant from my job through no fault of my own, moved out of the share house I had lived in for two years, and I was technically homeless, sleeping on friends' spare rooms and lounge room floors. My old life, the structures that had held everything together, seemed to simply evaporate, and my very soul felt uncomfortably itchy, like a snake before it sheds an old skin. I decided to go back to uni and study communications to learn to tell stories that could change the world. Why not? What else did I have to lose? Melbourne beckoned with the promise of a fresh start and a strong and vibrant trans community, so I packed up my things and moved down south. I made my way over the Gateway Bridge, accidentally taking every single toll road on the way. From the outside, the house was unassuming, but classically Melbourneian. It was a small weatherboard workers' cottage built in the early 1900s in a row of similar houses. I've always loved old falling down houses, the ones that have quirky features and a story to tell. Though I didn't know it at the time, my great-great-grandfather on my mum's side, Joseph Hunter Goebel, had also lived in the area. He was a minister at the local Baptist church. Joe probably lived in a house very similar to this one, back when Footscray was still a young city. Even back then, Footscray had a bad reputation. It was the site of a large abattoir and a tallow rendering plant which polluted the air in the nearby river, leaving behind a rank odour. The area was inhabited by people who couldn't afford to live somewhere better, such as recent migrants, sailors and dock workers, homeless people and factory workers. The working class residents were looked down on by the people of Melbourne, and they knew it. Footscray became a hub of the Victorian labour movement. Then in the 1970s and 80s, many of the factories closed down, taking good union jobs with them. Amid lost hopes and economic decay, drugs came to fill the void. But the people of Footscray, especially the many migrant communities who call the suburb home, also possessed a resilience, richness and diversity that was hard to find anywhere else. When I moved there in 2014, Footscray was up and coming, a lovely euphemism for an inner city suburb ripe for gentrification. It was seen as derelict and full of the wrong kind of people. New migrants, refugees, the unemployed, queer people, punks, people of colour, poor students and people who uttered startling screams or talked loudly to themselves on the street or at the train station, people from whom we try to look away. These people became my neighbours and my newly found community. Some of my well-intentioned friends warned me against moving to a bad neighbourhood. I ignored them. I knew what it was like to be judged based on appearances. Xander was in many ways a typical crazy queer misfit, a worldly 30-something Gemini. His openness and vulnerability taught me much about the trans-masculine experience. 
Not long after, we were joined by Mark, a gay man in his mid-twenties who quickly became my new best friend. It was Mark who taught me how to shave and who took me to a men's-only gay bar for the very first time. Mark introduced me to a gentle kind of masculinity that I hadn't known before. Our house was ancient, and half of it was slowly sinking and gradually splitting in two, like the Titanic. Only the smallest room had an inbuilt heater. The rest were unheated, a rude shock in Melbourne winter. Despite these shortcomings, living there with my fellow quirky misfits, Xander and Mark, gave me the space to explore myself without fear of judgment. How many people, cis or trans, can really say that? How many people ever get to really live freely, authentically and unapologetically as themselves? Our neighbours were no less quirky. Next door to us was another tumble-down cottage, occupied by a lesbian couple who ran a sort of trauma-informed rainbow animal rescue out of their home. Next door to them lived Susan. Susan was our neighbourhood saint, the good Samaritan of Hocking Street. She'd lived there for 17 years and she looked out for everyone. Even though she lived on a pension, every Thursday she'd come around with food, dry goods and day-old bread from the food bank she volunteered at. Susan's kindness and decency changed many lives, including my own. I'd been raised in the Christian faith, but I didn't really like religion. As a kid, the people I saw who claimed to be doing God's work were mostly people like Fred Nile, George Pell, and the Westboro Baptist Church. So hearing that I had an ancestor who was a prominent member of the Baptist religion was an underwhelming discovery. No wonder my family didn't understand me. Here was more judgment and pain in the name of an invisible sky daddy and his friends, Jesus and the Holy Ghost. But a part of me was also curious. So with mum's help, I started to do some research. Here's what we found. Joseph Hunter Goebel was a prominent figure in his day, although by the time I lived in Footscray, he was largely forgotten. He was famous for his rousing sermons, tolerance, humility, and good humor, which made him popular with both devout churchgoers and agnostics. At the height of his popularity, over 2,000 people would attend his weekly church services, making the Footscray congregation the biggest Baptist congregation in Victoria. Old Joe was a staunch trade unionist as well, who opposed war of all kinds and publicly decried jingoism and warlike rhetoric in the lead up to World War I. He didn't care for religious sectarianism, which made him radical for the times. He opposed conscription from the pulpit and he used his platform to champion the rights of workers, the poor and the downtrodden. They say that he practiced a personal socialism, lived modestly and could often be seen riding his push bike on his way to visit sick and needy parishioners. Above all, he was remembered for his generosity and his good deeds for the people of Footscray. A man of tall stature, unlike me, he died aged 67. A memorial service was held in his honor was attended by thousands. In the Footscray Baptist Church, there is a picture of Joseph and a stained glass window dedicated to him. It depicts the Good Samaritan. Suddenly it all made sense. Maybe I wasn't adopted after all. The sense of connection to place that I felt in Footscray was not an accident. Eventually the fateful day came when we received the note in our share house letterbox. It was a notice of proposed development. All of our houses were to be knocked down and replaced with brand new identical townhouses. The stories, the character, the fragile web of relationships that had been built over the years went with them. And that unruly tumble down house, I found a refuge and a fresh start in life. Even though we've all moved on now, I still talk to Mark and Xander now and then. They're doing well, they said to say hi. We're part of each other's stories now, just like Susan, Reverend Joe, the people of Footscray and you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, share your favourite tales on the socials and follow Queer Stories on Facebook for updates. If you enjoy Queer Stories, consider supporting the project on Patreon. Check out the link in the episode description. Finally, for late night ramblings, gay shit and photos of me trying to garden with a baby on my back, follow Maeve Marsden on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs>